One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just like most college students, I struggled the first year as I tried to balance schoolwork and football. In high school, being the best athlete at school came naturally to me. But in college, I needed to prove myself to everyone. I worked my butt off. And in my second year, coach named me the team captain. Some guys like Nick, who were one year older than I was, didn't like the idea that someone younger than them was the team captain. They thought they deserved the spot because they were there longer. Needless to say, he made my life a living hell for the first month until coach said he would forfeit every game this season if we didn't work together. Oh, and one small detail I forgot to mention, I started dating Nick's ex, Melissa, who was a cheerleader. Before I continue, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and tap that notification bell. In my defense, I didn't know that she was his ex until about two weeks after we started dating. As soon as I found out, I ended the relationship. I told her that Nick and I already didn't get along and dating her would make things harder for the team. I wanted to play professional football and I wasn't about to let anyone, not even a pretty girl, get in the way of that. Melissa wasn't too happy about that and we never really spoke again after that. Months passed by and Nick and I buried the hatchet. It felt good not having to look over my shoulder. One evening after we won a game, the team and I went by Kellyanne, one of the cheerleaders' homes, for a celebration party. While dancing, someone tapped me on my shoulder. I spun around to see Nick. Sorry to cramp your style, but I need a huge favor. My car won't start and the other guys are too buzzed to drop me off. Can I get a lift to college? I forgot my gym locker. Sure, man, no problem. I turned to Lena, the pretty girl I was dancing with. Save a dance for me when I return? She smiled and nodded. Nick laughed as he locked my neck playfully and tussled my hair. Come on, lover boy. Nick and I left the party, and a few minutes later, we arrived at the college campus. I'll get a ride back with someone. I nodded and drove off. I woke up the next afternoon with numerous missed calls and text messages from other guys on the team, asking if I knew where Nick was. Nobody saw him after he jumped into my car. I told them that I dropped Nick off on campus and went back to the party. I tried calling Nick, but his phone went straight to voicemail. My stomach churned, and I felt sick. I rolled out of bed slowly and went in search of my parents. I found them in the kitchen having coffee. Finally out of bed. I guess that was some party. Mom smiled at me. Her smile was quickly removed when she saw my face and her expression turned to one of grave concern. Kai, is everything okay? I sat with my parents and told them everything. 
and now Nick isn't answering his phone. The last thing I remember was returning to Kellyanne's party. Don't worry, he's probably at some girl's house sleeping off whatever he had at the party. Everything will be okay. Dad squeezed my shoulder comfortingly. But boy, was Dad wrong. Monday afternoon, when my teammates and I entered the locker room before practice, we noticed that something smelled. Weird. What is that smell? Denny asked as his face turned up in disgust. We followed the smell to Nick's locker. We looked as fear and nervousness appeared in each person's eyes. Coach Dellison opened the locker and Nick's body fell out. A gasp echoed throughout the locker room. Coach Dellison immediately called the police. I guess news traveled fast about Nick because before I knew what was happening, Melissa was crying her eyes out over him. She stood up angrily and charged at me. Her finger tapped my chest with every word she spewed. I thought you were joking, Kai. How could you? What are you talking about? I backed away. The night of the party, you told me you should have ended Nick when you had the chance. What? Bella pulled her phone from the pocket of her cheerleading uniform and played a video of me saying, I should have ended Nick when I had the chance. Police sirens wailed outside. Parents were called and soon every member of the team was questioned about their whereabouts on the night of the party. Coach suspended me from the team and the police told us not to leave the country. By the next day, photos of me were plastered in every newspaper, printed and online. Star athlete, main suspect in murder. With all the bad publicity, my chances of playing professional football were flushed down the toilet. My parents insisted that I stay home until investigations were completed. My parents and I were trapped in our house since reporters were camped outside. The next day, there was a knock on the kitchen door. Don't open it, Mom shouted. I'm sick and tired of those reporters. We tried to ignore the knocking, but it persisted. Eventually, Dad yanked open the door with a baseball bat in hand, ready to charge at the person on the other side. It's me, the woman whispered. Mom and Dad and I shared looks. There were two people, a man and a woman, standing by the door, both of whom we had never seen before. Luggage at their feet as they tried to push the reporters back. Are you going to let your only daughter in or not? Mom yanked both people inside and slammed the door. She hugged the woman. Tammy, you're home. Tammy was my older sister who studied at a makeup effects school where she learned how to do prosthetic facial masks. As soon as mom released Tammy, she and her boyfriend, Lucas, removed the prosthetics from their faces. We knew that the reporters would have recognized us, so I made us some disguises. Tammy sighed. She walked over to me and squeezed my hand. How are you holding up? I guess as good as I can under the circumstances. I rubbed the back of my neck. Don't worry. Lucas and I are here to help. We will get through this. She hugged me tightly. Let's go up to your room. We have a plan. Once upstairs, Tammy told me that she created foam latex prosthetic masks for all of us to go undercover. How are we going to leave the house? I asked. Simple. She smiled slyly. We'll use the basement window. It's hidden from sight behind the bushes. I raised an eyebrow and Tammy laughed. You really think I was stuck in my room all those years studying? She winked at me. My mission was to go to one of the weekend parties, find Melissa, and see what she knew about Nick's murder. I used Lucas's clothing and his Porsche, which was parked in a paid parking lot two blocks from home. I snuck out of the house through the basement window and easily avoided the reporters. At the party, I quickly scanned the crowd for Melissa. When I found her, I didn't go to her. It wasn't long before she approached me. We chatted for a few minutes and she gave me her number. I told her that I needed to leave and I made sure she walked me out to the Porsche. I smiled and I told her that I would give her a call and drove off. So, how did it go? Tammy asked excitedly as she burst into my room as soon as I got home. She fell for it. She didn't realize it was me and she gave me her number. Great. Let her squirm a bit. Give her a call in three days. 
As much as I wanted to call Melissa and get this over and done with, I knew Tammy was right. On the third day, I gave her a call from Tammy's phone and asked her to dinner. I took her to one of the finest restaurants in town. She took pictures of everything and posted it on her Insta story. After dinner, I took her to the Lady Young Road Lookout. Did you enjoy dinner? I smiled at her. It was great. I can't wait to post to Kelly Ann. Denny never takes her anywhere. I heard someone mention Kai while at the party. Is he your boyfriend? He's an ex and a murderer. Melissa stiffened and turned up her nose. So should I be worried about him? I chuckled. I took Melissa's hand and gently caressed it with my thumb. No, he's harmless and a chump. So do you think he did it? Of course not. She threw her hand over her mouth. Dad is going to kill me. Our family lawyer advised me not to speak to anyone about what happened. Please don't tell anyone. I won't. I changed the subject, but not before Melissa told me that she was at the college the night Nick died. After 30 minutes, I dropped Melissa home and returned home. I told Tammy and Lucas what Melissa told me. That means she knows more than she's telling Lucas. It's time to implement phase two. Lucas smiled. He got his laptop and I watched his hands quickly type over the keys. After about 15 minutes, he handed the laptop over to Tammy and I looked over her shoulder. Lucas created an article stating that Melissa knew who the killer was and she was there at the college the night Nick died. It also stated that she knew Kai Morris was innocent. By the next day, the reporters were camped out by Melissa's house and my family and I breathed a sigh of relief. In a brief news announcement, Mr. Brown, Melissa's father, told the reporters that they had nothing to hide and if they wanted any information on Nick's death, they would have to contact their lawyer. Mr. Brown then slammed the door in the reporter's face. Okay, now it's my turn to go undercover. Tammy said as she pulled out her mask. Over the next few days, Tammy infiltrated Melissa's circle by disguising herself as another student. Kellyanne told Tammy that Melissa was seeing someone else from the team, but she was hush-hush about it, and that's why she was at the college the night of the party. As soon as Tammy relayed that information to Lucas and I, Lucas wrote another article stating that Melissa was dating someone else from the team, and maybe she and her secret lover murdered Nick, or at least knew who did it. Now that enough heat is on Melissa and the team, it's time for the final phase. Lucas smiled as he pulled out her mask. Lucas arrived at the college the next day and watched as the team practiced for the big championship game. After the game, he walked into the locker room and introduced himself as a reporter to coach. Lucas told the coach that he wanted to do a story on the team that would highlight how great the team is and remove some of the stigma with what's going on. Before Lucas started his questioning, coach gathered the team together. After asking the usual questions like how the season was and the strategies used by the team to win games, Lucas changed the direction of the conversation. So, Lucas said as he looked around the room. I wasn't going to say this, but I know that you guys want justice for Nick. Before coming here today, I did an exclusive report with Melissa Brown. I believe you guys know her since most of you dated her. Kai Morris is no longer a suspect in the eyes of the police. The team cheered as Lucas continued. I will be putting a story from Melissa in tomorrow's paper. I just wanted to thank you for your time. Coach and the team thanked Lucas as they shook his hand. As he walked to his car, Lucas said, Did you guys get all that? Yes, we did. Loud and clear. Tammy said through her headpiece. Tammy and I were parked down the street from the college. Lucas had a microphone and a camera on the pen that was in his pocket. Okay, I'm heading home. I'll... Lucas' microphone went dead. Lucas? Lucas? Tammy's voice was filled with fear. I started the engine and sped into the college's parking lot. Much to Tammy's and my surprise, there were two police officers taking Coach Dellison away and another was talking with Lucas, who was standing next to someone they didn't know. Tammy and I ran towards them. 
Tammy threw her arms around Lucas. What happened? While I was walking to the car, Coach Dillison hit me with a bat and knocked me to the ground. If it wasn't for Jake here, I'm not sure I would have been here to tell the tale. He's a reporter. Tammy and I looked at Jake, who extended his hand to us, and we shook it. Jake told Tammy and I that he was sitting in his car when he saw me leave the house through the basement window. Then, when all the reporters left to go to Melissa's, he decided to stay and keep tabs on us. I knew something was going to go down today, so I convinced a few of my friends from the force to come with me. I'm grateful that you did, Lucas said. I got everything on tape. Jake patted his camera. But why did Coach hit you? What was his role in all of this? Get this! Lucas' eyes lit up. Coach Jellison was the mystery teammate that Melissa was dating. Ew! Tammy gagged. How desperate is she? Isn't he, like, 50? But how did Nick end up in the locker? I asked, confused. Well, Lucas said, Nick caught Dellison and Melissa making out and Nick threatened to tell. Coach hit Nick, who then fell back, hit his head and never woke up. They just shoved him into the locker and left. He confessed everything. I thanked Tammy, Lucas, and Jake for helping me clear my name. Melissa and Coach Dellison were charged with manslaughter and each got 10 years in prison. As for me, I dropped out of physical college and finished my degree online. I decided that I didn't want to play professional football anymore. Who I was as a college athlete made my story spread like wildfire. And if that was a glimpse of what was to come in my professional career, I didn't want it. After college, I moved away and brought my parents to visit me from time to time. I never went back to my hometown since, in my opinion, some things are better left in the past. I hate it when people tell me I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Especially when they don't know how awful my parents were to me. My name is Coda. And from the very start of my life, they made it their mission to make me feel like my birth didn't matter. I never had a birthday, never celebrated one, because they never told me when I was born and how old I was. The one thing they did for me was giving me a king's education. I had the best tutors in the world, the most private education. I had teachers and professors give me private classes in my own home. I was isolated from the world, but I also became a genius. But even though my mind was sharp as a needle, I gravitated towards the arts. I was a creative at heart, and the one thing I loved doing the most was singing. By age six, I was already singing classical pieces that even grown adults found intimidating to perform, and I did it all in the privacy of our attic. My most profound talent became my biggest secret, because if my parents found out, I knew they would do all they could to stop me from singing. I used my intelligence to study music on my own. And whenever my parents would go on holidays, I would sneak music teachers into our house, and I would have them teach me everything they knew. The best voice coaches in the world came to teach me in secret. I was always alone. Not going to regular schools like everybody else made me lonely. I didn't have the chance to meet friends, and that sadness, I channeled it all into music. One day, while I was doing my vocal warm-ups, my mom heard me. She dragged me to my dad without a word. Then... She told on me. Your son has been singing. Singing? What are you, some commoner? We hire people for entertainment, boy. We're not the ones who step so low as to be the entertainment. You will stop this nonsense now, or you'll be cut off of the will. I suggest you focus your efforts on becoming the best businessman you can be. After all, you will have to run the company when we retire. I had no choice. No one to turn to. I grew up shy and socially awkward. 
and I was weak. I did everything my parents told me to because I never had the guts to fight back. I stopped singing for a while, but when I was really down, I would still do it. It was the only thing that cheered me up. It was on the day that our mansion was being renovated that I met her. The noise from the workers was so loud that I decided to put my earbuds on to drown them out. But without noticing, I had started singing along at the top of my lungs. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Suddenly, my mom slapped me. Shut that mouth of yours! Can't you hear we have company? Butler, get the door! And when the doors opened, I saw the most beautiful girl I had ever seen. She flipped her hair and said hello to my parents. I'm so sorry. I was walking my dog down the street when I heard the most beautiful voice coming from your house. May I ask who was singing? No one! No one here sings! How dare you accuse us of doing such disgusting things! Oh, uh, it's just... I'm also a singer, and... Uh, perhaps it was your son. Nonsense! Butler, get this trespasser off my property! I was 16 when I finally found out my real birthday. I bribed one of the doctors who was working in the hospital I was born at. So I wanted to throw a party. And I wanted to celebrate it by sharing the songs I wrote to the world. I was ready to show the world who I really was. But then, my parents shut down my plans, saying I was not worthy of celebrating my own birthday. They told me that only when I ascended through our company and became worthy of being CEO will I be able to do whatever I wanted for my special day. I was so depressed I ran out of the house and got lost in the maze in the garden. It was then that I heard a beautiful voice like a mermaid's, and like a sailor lost at sea I followed the siren's call, until I emerged from the maze and saw her on the other side of our walls, singing as she played her guitar. Hey. I was waiting for you. You... You're that girl. From... Before. Yeah. And I've come back for you. Your parents stifle your true talent. You should come with me. She climbed up the wall and offered me her hand to take. And I was in love at first sight. She was offering me freedom. And I took it. I ran away with Ari after she learned what a bad life I had. She hid me in a recording company's studio so that my parents wouldn't be able to find me. That was when I found out that Ari was a rich recording artist. Ari fed me, clothed me, hid me, and hired bodyguards for me. I felt really safe going out after that. 
knowing that my parents could never take me back by force. I worked at the studios, writing and recording late at night when nobody was there. I wrote lots of amazing songs. And after six months of living there, I was able to complete an entire album that I knew would be a hit. Only one day, I woke up and all my work was gone. I panicked. I ran around the whole place, and then, while I was rummaging around the trash in case someone had thrown my stuff away, I heard something coming from the music producers. It was my song, and Ari and her producer were laughing and toasting something. You... You stole my songs! <laughs> what did you think? You were just gonna live on my dime for free? It's just business, kid. Just how the industry works. Luckily, your voice sounds a bit like a girl's and close enough to Ari's, so we can sell all your work as if she's the one who wrote and sang them. I... I'll get you for this. Not before I get my money's worth first. Ari and her producer locked me up in one of the studios, and they locked me in there with four bodyguards. I was in there for three days, and I didn't know what to do. Until I got a brilliant idea. I pretended to see my parents outside. I acted my heart out. Help! You have to stop them, or they'll try to steal me! And the bodyguards believed me. They ran out of the room to chase after what they thought were my parents. What they didn't know was that because I spent all my time in the studios, I knew exactly what the layout of the building was. It took no more than two seconds to get up onto the vents. I crawled quietly, and then, as I heard the commotion of them looking for me, I dropped out of the alleyway. I ran away for the second time in my life. But this time, I didn't feel free. I just felt like a massive loser for letting the girl I loved steal my life's work. I lived in the streets for weeks. My only comfort was my new friend, Sam. She was homeless too, and she helped me a lot. I didn't know how to survive, so I'd bust in the sidewalks, the parks, and the train subway stations. My talent was finally working for me. I earned a bunch of money. I saved it all up, thinking I could maybe get enough to be able to rent a small room until I got back on my feet. But one morning, as I woke up in the park bench that Sam and I slept on, I saw that everything I owned had been stolen. Even Sam's stuff was gone too. I was left with nothing but the jacket I had on. I was so mad that I got stolen from again, and it reminded me of Ari, that I threw the jacket she bought me on the day she helped me escape my parents' house. But as I fell to the ground, I noticed a piece of paper sticking out from the secret pocket. I opened it up and saw that it was an old song I wrote. It was the birthday song I wrote when I was depressed on my 16th birthday. It was the last remaining song that Ari wasn't able to steal. I was about to cry. Instead, I stood up and stood on a small stage. I sang that song with all my heart. Even when tears began flowing down my cheeks. For the first time in a very long time, I put all my emotions into my music. And then one person came to watch. Then two. And then suddenly there was a crowd around me. People were taking videos, many of them were crying too. I got so many tips that day. But more than that, I felt so happy that my music was able to reach people. My song about my life touched people's emotions. I was so proud. The next morning, I was woken by a guy in a suit. He was a reporter, and behind him were ten more reporters from all the different networks. I had gone viral. I was on TikTok, YouTube, every single social media was blowing up with my singing. 
I gave interviews, and in them, I told everyone of my story and how Ari stole my songs. Her career and the producer's career was over after that. I got signed by a pretty big recording company. I went on tour, and then I married Sam. I rescued her from the streets and took her wherever my tours took me. One day, during my anniversary concert, I saw my parents in the crowd far away. It was my birthday, and people were singing happy birthday for me. My parents hated that. I could see it in their faces. But having that happen while they were in the crowd was so satisfying, because they always made me feel like my birth never mattered. But now, thousands of people were celebrating my existence. I thanked my fans, I kissed my wife, and then I jumped into the crowd as I smiled in triumph. Hi, my name's Josh. I grew up poor. My mom and dad did try their best, but having had no education themselves, they found it hard to find jobs that would pay enough money to raise four kids. Dad was a janitor at our local high school, and Mom did whatever work she could find. She washed people's laundry, did some babysitting, and from time to time, she would go to people's houses and clean for them. It wasn't easy having a life like that in high school, especially because most of the kids there had money. One time, a couple of girls got jealous that I won an essay writing competition over them, so they took it out on me. They just gave him the prize because he needs the money. I mean, look at his shoes. There are holes everywhere. You might as well go barefoot. Yeah, Josh lives in a trailer park. His mom does our laundry. My mom only hires her out of pity. Did you know we have to have our clothes washed twice? Because every time Josh's mom does it, it comes back smelling like poverty. I used to fight back whenever people insulted my mom and dad. But I landed in the principal's office so many times because of it that my mom begged me to just keep my head down. And I did. I just endured their ridicule no matter what. I would look at the ground and walk away. It was worse when they found out about my dad. I was backstage doing some lighting work for the theater group when I realized I'd forgotten my lunch at home. Dad appeared backstage with his mop and bucket and he handed me the brown paper bag that my sandwich was in. I thanked him and he left. But after that, my classmates laughed at me. Yo, check it out! Josh's dad is the school janitor! <laughs> wow, must be nice to have the world's worst janitor as your dad. <laughs> but you can't keep their house clean either. <sighs> What's it like to have a dad who earns minimum wage, Josh? Honestly, I was just glad to have graduated high school. I had no fond memories of those years. As soon as I graduated, I went straight to work. I promised myself I would save up and get out of that town as soon as I could. But... My plans didn't work out the way I hoped, and being a waiter isn't the most glamorous job in the world. Customers are always complaining about the most ridiculous things, and they blame me as if it was my fault. One time, this lady shouted at me for her drink being room temperature. I apologized, but she poured the drink on my head and demanded to speak to the manager. Uh, Ma'am, you told me you didn't want ice in your iced coffee. Of course... Coffee, being a hot beverage, if it wasn't mixed with any ice, it would be hot. I even gave her the added courtesy of shaking it with ice and then picking out the ice myself just so the drink would cool down without getting watered down. And I let the drink chill in the blast freezer just to make sure it was cold. But she sat there, outside on a hot summer's day, chatting away with her friends for a good hour before she even touched her drink. 
I was happy to exchange the drink for a new one, but then she started yelling at me. My manager, of course, sided with her. And he banished me to the kitchen for the day. He also took my tips for the entire day just for that. That scenario wasn't new for me either. My boss has always had it out for me ever since I started working there. And I'd quit if I had any other choice. But money was tight, and I needed the job. Our town was small, and having a job and keeping it was a privilege. All the waiters, waitresses, and cooks in that place weren't fans of Doug. That's the manager's name. We've complained constantly to the owner. But every single time we tell her that Doug was stealing our tips, or that he was pocketing money out of the cash register, we get ignored. It was probably because Doug was the owner's boyfriend on the side. Yep, the owner was married. And as far as we know, the only reason Doug can't be fired is because he can destroy the owner's marriage. He did whatever he liked at the restaurant. He'd come in late, treat the staff and the customers like we were trash. Some days, he didn't even bother coming in. Those were the best days. The restaurant would be full, we would all work smoothly, and we gotta keep all of our tips. But one day, everything became too much and I finally reached my limits with Doug. I was cleaning up a table when I felt someone bump into me, and then an unholy cascade of lava splashed onto me and flowed down my leg. I screamed in pain, and when I looked back, I saw the most angelic girl that I'd ever laid eyes on. I was so confused. My eyes were experiencing heaven, and my legs were experiencing a nightmare. Oh... My God! Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I tried to smile at her, but all I managed was a wince of pain. Oh, <laughs> it, it's no trouble, Miss. I, uh, I'm so sorry you your drink spilled. I, I uh, oh, I'll get you a new one right away. A crowd began to gather around us, and people fussed over me. I could barely stand straight for all the pain I was feeling. But I kept a smile on and told them I was okay. Dude, you gotta go to the hospital. Or at least let us get you some first aid. There's some ointment in the back. Ah, it's really nothing. I'm fine. It's just a bit hot. Nonsense. At least let me take a look at it. I'm studying to become a doctor. It was at that moment that Doug appeared from behind the crowd, already annoyed. What is this? Who's causing a scene at my restaurant? Mm, oh, it's you. Get back to work, all of you. You, customers, get back to your seats right now. That's not a nice way to talk to people. Oh, yeah? And who might uh, you be? Doug backtracked as soon as he saw how beautiful Kendall was. And suddenly, he was all smiles. I... <clears throat> I'm sorry, I must have gotten caught up in the moment there. Please, miss. What seems to be the problem? Maybe I can assist. You! Josh! What did you do this time? Kendall tried to explain that it was her fault. She told Doug that he was busy with her phone and didn't see me cleaning the tables, but Doug wouldn't hear of it. I think he wanted to impress Kendall and show her he was the boss. It is definitely not working for her. 
Doug demanded that I go back to work while Kendall insisted that she wanted to take me to a hospital. When Doug wouldn't budge, Kendall told him that I should at least get some first aid and a bit of rest. I was starting to feel dizzy, but Doug insisted I go to the kitchen and make him a sandwich. Boss? I'm not feeling too good. Let him sit down for a bit. If you don't get up right this instant, you're fired! I don't know why I was so out of it. My legs hurt, but it wasn't that. And then I realized that I hadn't eaten for over a day, and I hadn't slept for two days either. I had been working double shifts because someone didn't show up for their shift yesterday, and Doug demanded that I fill in. I felt myself grow faint, and I woke up with beeping noises around me. I'm glad you're awake. Where... Where am I? You're at my mom's hospital. You fainted. A doctor came in who looked exactly like her, and I was shocked to find out that that was her mom. They looked like sisters. The doctor checked up on me and told me I was going to be okay, and that my stay at the hospital was free. Kendall told me that I'd been asleep for an entire day, and my stomach sank. Oh, no. My job. Kendall looked downcast. She told me that Doug fired me for missing work, and I lost hope. I had no way to help my parents, and we were already struggling to pay for my brother's tuition. I'm sorry. I... I tried to stop him, but... It's all right. Thank you. For helping me. But it's not all doom and gloom. I actually came to tell you I wanted to help. Kendall introduced me to her dad. And she gave me the best news I'd heard all month. Her dad owned the largest restaurant franchise in the state. And she convinced him to hire me. I worked hard when I was finally back on my feet. I learned quickly and adapted to my new job. I stayed late, and I was the first to get there every day. And that really impressed my manager. So, I got promoted. A few months later, Kendall's dad called me to the headquarters and told me that my talents were better used as a regional manager. He told me he wanted me to train other employees. And just like that, my life changed. I was earning so much more that I was able to send my brothers to college. And I helped my parents pay off their mortgage. After that, I managed to buy my own franchise from Kendall's dad. He was so proud of how far I'd come that at one of our company's parties, he gave me an award. Through the years, Kendall and I saw each other frequently. We started dating the night I got that award. We moved in together when my franchise won Best Restaurant in Town. My restaurant was doing so well, it put other restaurants out of business. One day, my old manager came begging me for work. I laughed in his face. Oh, you still work there? You never got promoted? Aw, so sad. But all the positions in my restaurant have been filled. Unless you want to apply as a janitor. Anything, anything, please! My girlfriend kicked me out when she found a younger boyfriend. And now I have no money. Kendall was against hiring him. But honestly, I did it for my own satisfaction. I had a lovely time ordering Doug around like he used to do with me. 
At the company Christmas party, Kendall's dad invited all the employees of his corporation. There must have been at least 3,000 people. I gathered you all here today, not just to celebrate the holidays, but to make two very big announcements. I am stepping down as the CEO. And that's because I finally found a worthy successor. Everyone gasped. All the top managers were on the edge of their seats. I would have liked to pass this on to my daughter, but since she's following her mom's footsteps, I think it best go to Josh, since he's going to be my son-in-law soon enough. The room was shocked at the double reveal. That's right, your new CEO, Josh Ryman, is now officially engaged to my lovely daughter. Give them a round of applause. And as the room erupted with thunderous cheer, I pulled Kendall close and kissed her. I was so proud. Just goes to show, no matter the odds, working hard always pays off. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.